Hello again, and welcome to the Ken Mariko podcast. I'm here with Captain Joel Rock, and Joel flies for a major airliner, and uh, he flies out of JFK. And I thought since we have so many business listeners uh, for the Ken Mariko podcast, and a lot of people fly, and maybe some people are flying right now during the whole COVID situation, um, I was thinking Captain Rock could give us some insights on flying and what's going on right now, how to prepare for flying, and um, just sort of some of the uh, financial situation also going on with the airlines and some of the economics of flying a large aircraft. Uh, So welcome to the podcast, Joel. Well, thank you, Ken, for having me on board. That's true. I do fly for a uh, U.S. major airline out of JFK Airport, and uh, obviously we do live in strange times right now. This is been physically affecting um, my industry and the people who work in my industry. Mm-hmm. But uh, happy to report that so far we're holding on. In fact, my, my airline is one of the very few that has extended pilots' jobs and flight crew jobs to at least May of 2021. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most of the industry right now is laying off in huge numbers right. due to the lack of demand because of the fear of the uh, spread of coronavirus with and within our country right now. Mm-hmm. But um, Sincerely, I can say that uh, flying really isn't that uh, unsafe as far as the spread of the disease. I believe there probably is more of a chance to get it within large crowds or within party situations or even the the riding that's going on. Mm -hmm. Because when you come to the airport, I can tell you that, uh, at least within our own airline, that we thoroughly clean the aircraft every time Mm -hmm. that people come in and come out. You have to wear masks the entire time. There isn't even a lot of people in the terminal anymore, so you're not really coming within close contact. A lot of our employees are already wearing gloves, so you're not getting hand-to-hand contact. In fact, now we have systems where you board the aircraft. You don't even have to physically hand a boarding pass to anybody anymore. It's a machine. Mm -hmm. You step on the machine, you uh, scan your boarding pass, the gates open if it's good, and that's it. You never come in contact with another human being. Wow. So generally, I mean, the airports you're saying are, are fairly empty right now, because I, I flew in March, actually, kind of when this was all, you know, starting to go down. And yeah, the airport there, airports there, are very empty. There is empty. a rise in activity, though. Yeah. I was uh, recently, a couple of days ago, in the airport. And uh, I guess to say for the first time, I saw it was up to uh, at least 30 to 40 percent more capacity than it has been. Mm-hmm. So people are coming around. They are traveling. But uh, I just solely believe that nothing will be resolved until there is a proven vaccine and it's been tested and people have been taking a while and confidence gets restored within right. the uh, public. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of people, some people are just are very scared. I mean, I think that a lot of them are just scared to leave their house, you know? And yes. uh, it's pretty shocking. The media really is, I, I believe, is a very strong... Uh, you know, persuader of that and the fact of the fear that they promote, the fact that they're gaining ratings and support mm-hmm. over spreading fear. Right. You know, they're making it seem like if you walk into an airport that you're automatically going to get coronavirus because you just walk to the doors. Right. Now, how, how, you, how is the, the, like the air filtered inside? Like, if, like once you're up in the air, right, because the, air, the, the aircraft itself in the cabin is, is kind of small, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the aircraft has an airborne environmental system. Yes, it is recycled air, but it goes through a filter. Mm-hmm. So basically, the air that's pumped into the cabin 
is actually produced by a byproduct of the air that comes off the engine. So the you know a jet engine essentially works where it pulls air in and blows it out the other side. Well, mm-hmm. you have all that excess buildup of air. We call it bleed air. It comes off the engine and through the environmental systems, goes through a series of uh, check valves and filters and gets this redistributed through the uh, cabin. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not the 170-degree temperature air that's coming off the engine. It's right. been cooled down to a heat air exchange, uh, exchanger there. Basically, it comes right. into the cabin. So does that, does, that kill, does that kill some of the germs? Um, some of the germs, yeah, are killed, and some are just recycled through. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you're opening up the vent and then you're getting doused with uh, some kind of germ activity. Mm-hmm. Most likely, if you're going to contract any kind of you know viral infection, it's because somebody has hacked, coughed, sneezed on a surface right. or coughed within the vicinity, and then it gets contact with airborne. So mm-hmm. that that hence is why people are required to wear masks. That's also Hence, why people are are required to uh, keep their distance, mm-hmm. and the aircraft seating for now has been staggered. Uh, you know, so people aren't just packed in like a cattle car sitting right. on top of each other. Right now, I heard like some of the middle seats are are people just yeah. aren't sitting in in the middle seats. But are some airlines putting people in the middle seats? Is it just kind of like on a case by case? Some ours, but the airline I work for has put a restriction; they cannot sell the middle seat. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you're in the same family or, right. you know, related to each other. I see. Okay. But, the, but the center seat is out now. And if I understand that that will stand till about on the 9th of September, after the 9th of September, the middle seat uh, restriction will lift. So that will further, you know, promote uh, ticket sales. But still, like our airline has been, and what, what I've seen has been proactive and as far as keeping the airplanes clean and by looking at the future of a post-pandemic world kind of thing. Right. Now, before this pandemic started, there was a, a shortage of pilots, yes. correct? Because there's so much demand for people that just wanted to travel, travel the world, you know? And I think that's kind of been a popular thing now as— Oh, yeah. As it goes hand-in-hand hand economy, basically. Good economy. Right. And not only that, I mean, a lot of people are working because remote work is possible. They're saying, like, hey, I'll just go live in another country because I can, and it's much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Right. And these, you know, and a lot of the younger kids, uh, they do want to travel, you know, and it's much easier, you know, because you have access to, you know, more knowledge uh, about places on the Internet. You can do a lot more research. Um, you know, a lot more countries are safer now than they used to be, um, you know, and people can just work remotely. So I think, you know, given the choice, I think a lot of people, you know, wanted to travel a lot because uh, it was easier. Um, so. So what do you what do you think about that uh, now now so so there was a you know a shortage and now there's a surplus right you were saying something that you know we talked before that there's what yeah, fourteen thousand or twelve thousand five hundred pilots across all U.S. major airlines are going to be furloughed come yeah. this uh, fall right and these are highly skilled so, people I mean you can't just you know have them no, bagging can't groceries can't, can't, can't have them bagging groceries because no. they're they're too skilled because you're going to need them once once demand picks up because it's not like you can just kind of you know, pick up again, you know, uh, you really want these people, you know, to stay on. Yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting point of contention because of the fact that the airlines ultimately work on a very thin margin for getting, gaining profit. As right. I discussed earlier, if the airplane is half full. Right. They're not going to uh, compensate for the direct operating cost of the aircrafts. So the more seats they sell, more right. seat revenue, though, the, more they offset the cost, and the more at the end of the day they actually make a profit. 
there's an old joke in my industry. If you want to make a million dollars, you start with two. Right. So, um, but the, um, I just read an article today, actually, that the Airbus has tested an aircraft that can taxi itself, take off, fly around and land and taxi off the runway all by itself without even a pilot's input. Wow. And this is, this is not something that's going to be, you know, sold to the general public tomorrow because right. obviously people, I don't want to be up flying it in an airplane. It's flying right. itself. Right. But 20 but, years from now. Yeah. If you're on the other side of the coin, somebody wants to actually make profit. How do you make profit? You cut out the pilot. Yep. So, you know, you don't have to worry about hiring a surplus of pilots. Right. You don't have to worry about paying a whole bunch of people in payroll. You, you don't have to worry right. about, oh, they got a duty out there. You know, this is a machine you're running, not a human being that has a, has a duty limitation right. and a risk limitation. Yeah. Now, the capital but, costs for airlines is, is just astronomical. Uh, you know, their, their cash burn is, I, I mean, yeah, is, 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 I mean they, is it ever possible for, you know, for an airliner to be profitable? You know, because there's always something like a pandemic or some, something comes up where it, 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 it can put them out of business so fast. It all depends on how your business structure is and how you, um, you know, everything from who is your support staff to where your spending goes. I mean, it's a it's a very fine line. I mean, to make profit in the airlines, you really have got to be running a very low cost kind of system right? and still be efficient at the same mm-hmm. time. Because the you know with the airline you have to account for weather you have to account for delays you have to account right. for duty time you have to account for cancellations for and you have to account for every single day of dealing with the air traffic control system which is always overflowed and people all at the end of the day always come up to me and it's like why would we late and I said well right. you know sometimes there's factors that are not within my control it's like getting into rush hour traffic on the on right. the highway right you, I can't control that yeah because if there's traffic you you just have to wait up in the air right. Oh yeah, sometimes you have to do holding pads in the air, but more than importantly, sometimes you have to like wait in the ground, and that's just a miserable experience for the passenger. And believe me, for us flight crew up there, it's not right. a more pleasurable experience either. So, how full does the airplane have to be? Do you think for for, for it to make money or to 70%. be prof- to be profitable? Yeah. At, at least seventy percent. Seventy percent. Well, to put this in perspective, prior to being a uh, U.S. major airline pilot. I was actually a private corporate pilot. Yep. So I flew a private jet for an owner, and I flew charters, etc. Right. That jet cost bare bones thirty-five hundred dollars an hour to operate. Oh. And then we used to charge five thousand dollars an hour for a charter. So, and then by the time you paid the brokers and everybody else, at the end of the day, the actual profit maybe a grand per hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how that's tight it is. Now, the larger the aircraft, the more direct operating costs are. Right. That's why the airlines put more seats in the aircraft because right. the fact that they have to turn profit. Right. Which was interesting at the airline I work with. Uh, while some of the other carriers were stacking people on top of each other, mm-hmm. we had basically oh, so the aircraft I flew had 100 seats on it. Other airlines, you have 120 or so seats. And the reason we did 100 seats is because we wanted to put people in there, but we also want to actually give people extra room. Right. See there, our airlines philosophy was about treating the, you know, the customer right and making them feel welcome and else like that, rather than, you know, the approach of like a subway system where I don't care, pay the fare and let me just stuff you in there. Yeah. Now corporate airline, like private airlines uh, and like Learjets and things like that. I mean, that seems like that's kind of the way to go right now because you can, 
you know, it, it makes it, if pandemic, no pandemic, crisis, no crisis, the people with means, the people that have to get business done, and I mean right. by business, multi-million dollar deals, right. they're going to get get it done, and they're going to find an aircraft to fly. So, yes, for my friends who still work in the corporate industry, mm-hmm. they've made a faster recovery, obviously, than the airline. The airline is the general public, right. and and as far as business travel goes in the general public. Right now, companies, you know, they can't force their employees to get on an airplane to travel to places like that because right. they're under the scrutiny of localized governments for as far as the social distancing and the right. stay-at-home orders and stuff like that. So right. that but, would be a big no-no. Now, if you're a multimillionaire who makes the rules and regulations, that's a whole different story. Right. Well, I guess kind of the way I'm thinking of it is if someone has money for – maybe they don't normally fly, you know, private corporate jet. Um, you know, but they have the money, maybe normally they fly like first class, but now they're thinking, Hey, there's, you know, pandemic going on. I can get sick. I'll just pay the money for a corporate, you know, jet, a, pri- a private jet, you know, just cause it yeah, makes me you, feel more comfortable. You know that, yeah. That you're further away from people and yeah, exactly. You know, the jets could be thoroughly clean and you're paying top dollar. Exactly. You, you know more about the, you know, the controls in place and you know, it's, yeah, it's a lower would, risk. You would think that, but just from inside information from undisclosed sources, mm-hmm. uh, they actually got hit as hard as we did. The really? Airlines. Oh, okay. Yeah, their uh, their business dried up. It just started to make a recovery, as far as I know, about a month and a half ago. Right. We're still lagging behind that in the airline industry, mm-hmm. obviously, because we're more highly exposed. Or about right. as funny, the airlines mm-hmm. and the cruise ships are about the front line for any economic or uh, sickness or any kind of like problem we were right. the first to get hit yeah and and i remember for, with 9 11 um when, when that happened you were you were a young pilot then and yeah uh, i was young <laughs> and you got yeah. then you get you got furloughed right or instantaneously got furloughed and uh was actually there that day and witnessed it all in, in person so wow was a hell of a start to a career and <laughs> here i go back to the airlines again the right. same thing happens it, it's, over again. yeah it's, it's, but this is different this is worse this is worse than it was with 9-11 at least 9-11 it, it wasn't where you can go into an airplane and potentially get a virus this is a one-time hijacking event right. that was put down and controlled and the other country was you know where our allies had went in and went right after the perpetrators right this is this isn't a virus which is Highly high, higher to fight and highly contagious. So this is going to take a lot longer. It's going to have a lot longer lasting effect on our economy than 9-11 ever had. Right. And the thing that's kind of interesting is you have all these um, online meeting tools like Zoom and Skype. And all these things were in place. I used them, you know, for many years before. And I always thought, like, you know, why, why do people still, why are they still flying for business meetings when, you know, they can do this? online with yeah. such such good quality you know and, and that, i think that's... they just didn't feel, you know the the ceos and and a lot of the upper management they just didn't feel comfortable with it but now that they were f- forced to to do it i think i think this may be a permanent change what do you think as far as you know affecting you yeah know, the frequency this, of travel i think that i was thinking about that myself you know especially when my my wife works uh you mm-hmm. know in defense industry mm-hmm. for a uh, defense contractor and the same thing that, and I know a lot of my colleagues and stuff like that are on these meetings and, you know, and I, I know that it must cost companies far less to keep IT people in a Zoom meeting going right. than to actually have the lights on in an office building. 
and uh, and if you, if you can get your work done remotely yep. without having to be in office and spend all that face face time, I mean that's got to be twenty thirty percent cost reduction yep. in, a, in a company's operating expenses, which again is another hit and blow for my industry. Mm-hmm. But uh, ironically, uh, my particular airline doesn't thrive on business travelers as much as uh, some of the other airlines. Oh. We're actually 70% personal travel. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to people that, that want to fly for like personal reasons or, or business reasons? Like, like, what do you say to people like, you know, go ahead and do it or, you know, only go if you feel it's necessary? Um, um, what's your take? It's, it's and this is like in your, in your personal opinion. This is, you know, your personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say, you know, go and do it because it brings me back to work faster. But Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, take all the precautions. You know, coronavirus is a serious thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not hocus pocus. It's not fake. It's real. Right. And uh, (laughs) I actually was kind of sick with this at the end of January. So Mm -hmm. you think you think you may have had it at, at that point? Yeah, I took a I took a test and it it actually uh, it came back negative for mm-hmm. the coronavirus mm-hmm. and uh, me currently having it. But uh, I also read an article said that that the antibodies disappeared within two months. Mm-hmm. But I had all the symptoms consistent with it, right. and I know one or two people that actually have had it. Okay, and it is not hocus pocus. It is a serious thing. Right, and. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like we have to – you got to be a good citizen. Right. If you want to travel, just take the necessary precautions. Just be aware. Right. Um, so if, re- I'm, re- if, if I'm going to the airport, what do I need? Is it just the mask? Is, is that all I need? All it requires you to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. If you want to wear gloves, by all means, wear gloves. It's not going to do any harm. Mm-hmm. Wash your, you know, when, I, when I go to work right now, I require my company to wear a mask. When, you know, when, it, when it's not possible, no, at all times, I'm in the terminal, all times I'm in the airplane, I walk mm-hmm. in, I'm supposed to wear a mask. Uh, first thing I do when I get to the airport is I actually go to the men's room and I wash my hands before mm-hmm. I go to work. Okay. Now, do passengers have to wear the mask the whole flight? Yes, you're required to wear the whole mask. The in-flight crew is required to wear it, and the passengers are required to wear a mask the entire flight. Now, if you're within six feet of somebody, you may have to pull down once in a while just to breathe through your nose, but you're supposed to be wearing the mask. I see. Um, and then um, up front, and even as I said, we clean the rear of the airplane, but we also clean the front of the airplane, too. We uh, wipe all the surfaces down every time, and we wipe them when we leave. Okay. That's why it's always sanitized. Okay. And when I said that the coronavirus is, was a serious thing is because... I just, actually, when you was talking about this, I just remembered I had a colleague of mine mm-hmm. pass away in April that was in my same training class, uh-huh. and he had coronavirus, wow. and he died from it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a real thing for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the best thing you can do is just, is just stay healthy, keep your immune system healthy, because there, there's, you know, there's yeah, no vaccine right now. Definitely the immune system. No, they're, 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 they're in trials right now, and I said that confidence in the public will not be restored until there's an actual uh, you know vaccine in place but uh the best thing you can do for yourself is, is taking care of your own personal health yep. the natural order of things your own immune system is is a wondrous thing yeah 
And the, and the ironic, uh, ironic thing is when I was possibly sick with that uh-huh. uh, coronavirus at the end of January, I have not been sick ever since. And that's the end of January. Yep. Oh, great. All right. Well, thank you, Joel. Joel Captain, a.k.a. Captain Rock. Um, this is a good overview, you know, because I think a lot of people probably want to get back to traveling, um, but uh, kind of want to know, you know, the procedures and, and how things are going. So I think this was a, a really good overview. Um, so uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me.